Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We'll read verses 9 and 10 of Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 12. That's going to be in the Old Testament. It's going to be, if you can find Proverbs and Song of Songs and all those, they kind of all right there together. If you see, see one of them books, you're getting close to it. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. You'll need to know how to spell that for the test, so make sure you pay attention. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It is believed by many that this book is written by Solomon. I think that's probably the best, the best guess we can make. It, it, it seems, based on the language at the beginning of the book, that it was written by Solomon. Uh, some would disagree with that, but I think that that is most likely the, the writer of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, as we see in Scripture, was a very wise man, and when we read the book of Ecclesiastes, we see a lot of wisdom in there. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, we'll pray, and then we will get started. Father God, we come to you today, and we thank you for the freedom to come in here and hear your word. And God, I pray that you would just hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach, that I will do a good job, dear Lord, that Jesus would be glorified in this place. God, I pray that you just help me to have the words to say, take away any of my pride or fear, and just speak through me today. God, help us to hear your word. It is always good if we will listen to it. God, sometimes we come in, though, with distractions, and we don't, we don't really listen, but I pray that you'd help us to be free of distractions and, and listen to what your word says and, and do it. God, sometimes when we do listen, we don't do but God, we want to do it all today. We want to hear, listen, and do. And so I pray, God, that you just would be with us. Let your spirit be in this place and let us, let us be uplifted and hear what we need from your word today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When we read the Bible, especially when we look at, at scriptures that have to do with wisdom, we expect to see some, some good and positive things. But the book of the book of Ecclesiastes is somewhat unique in that the things that it says, you don't really see at other places in the Bible. The book of Ecclesiastes is very honest. Now, you certainly see the types of things that you would expect when we look at wisdom literature and we think about the wisdom of Solomon. We see verses like Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5, verse 1. that says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Better to draw near in obedience than to offer the sacrifice as fools do, for they ignorantly do wrong. Okay, well, that's good advice. When we come before God, when we come to worship God, we want to do it with our heart. We want to do it with a good heart and a good attitude. That's good wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 5 says, It is better to listen to rebuke from a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. Well, that's good, solid, wise advice, right? A wise person may rebuke you. A wise person may come to you and say, hey, you're not living right. You're not doing right. And we don't like to hear those things, but sometimes those are the things we need to hear. We, of course, would much, much rather hear the songs of fools, right? The fool who does foolishness that praises us in our foolishness and cheers us on to do such. And so we see these good, wise sayings. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your strength, because there is no work 
planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. That is in the grave when we see Sheol mentioned there. Okay? So what we do, we need to, we need to do it. We need to put all we have into it. We don't want to have to do anything. We want to do the jobs we do, and we want to do them good. Whether it's a job we go to every day, whether it's a job we're working at around the house, whether it's a, uh, some position we're serving in the church. Whatever we want to do, we want to give it all that we've got. And these types of things, these wise sayings, are good things that we expect when we read God's Word. But this is where the book of Ecclesiastes is quite unique. Because it also says things that we do not expect. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 13 says... I applied my mind to seek and explore through wisdom all that is done under heaven. God has given people this miserable task to keep them occupied. Well, that's kind of a crazy thing to say, right? All I got to do is look and try to figure out all the things in this world, and that's a miserable task. Well, you kind of get that, right? We look and we see all that's going on. We try to make heads or tails of some things. We see all the bad news and all the hard times and all the things that we have to go through. And man, it's, it's miserable to look around and see some of the things around us sometimes. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17 says, Therefore I hated my life. The work that was done under the sun was distressing to me. For everything is futile in a pursuit of the wind. Well, that's pretty strong language. I hate my life. Everything I do is useless. Now, we see this language and we say, man, this is strong language. This is not the kind of stuff that we expect in the Bible, especially from someone like Solomon, who was a wise man, but yet he uses this type of strong language. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 22 and 23 says, For what does a man get with all his work and all his efforts that he labors at under the sun? For all his days are filled with grief. And his occupation is sorrowful. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This, too, is futile. Man, that's pretty strong language. I work all day and all I got is sorrow is grief. I can't even sleep at night. Everything is useless. Why am I even doing all this? And so we see this type of language time and again in Ecclesiastes that we do not expect. He says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, So I admired the dead who have already died more than the living who are still alive. For better than either of them is the one who has not yet existed, who has not seen the evil activity that is done under the sun. Whoa! The dead have it better than the living. Even better, those who don't even exist have it better. And he goes on to say in Ecclesiastes 7.11, the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Whoa! This is, some, this is some crazy language that we see in Ecclesiastes. And if we had to sum up Ecclesiastes, I would say that it is honest. Now these are not things that, that, that you and I would say, right? I mean, you see people coming up on Sunday morning to church and you say, how you doing? I say, I'm doing fine, I'm feeling good, everything is great. But in reality, how many times do we say that when our life is not fine? When if we're honest with ourselves, we kind of feel like the author of Ecclesiastes here. If Ecclesiastes was walking into church and we went out and said, Hey, Ecclesiastes, how you doing? He'd say, I'm doing horrible. I hate life. I'm depressed. I don't want to be here. There's no reason to live. Life is useless. If Ecclesiastes was your friend, Ecclesiastes would be the kind of friend that didn't tell you what you wanted to hear. 
But Ecclesiastes would be the kind of friend that, that, that when she saw you in the office with a perfume that stinks, she'd say, why are you wearing that perfume? That stuff stinks. You smell like an old lady. Ecclesiastes is very honest about what it says. And, and quite frankly, we get it because we feel that way too. There are days that we feel distressed and depressed and we feel like, what is the point? I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate what's going on. Life's not fair. The righteous seem to be punished and the wicked seem to get away with anything. What is the point of life? Everything is futile. All is vanity, as some translations say. That is to say, everything is useless. Ecclesiastes is very honest. And Ecclesiastes is, is speaking from a place of wisdom because the writer of Ecclesiastes has lived through life and they have seen everything and they realize that stuff that maybe they once thought mattered didn't really matter. And at the end of it all, we're all going to get to a place if we live long enough that we're going to be old and we're all going to kind of suffer the same fate. And so when we see the whole book of Ecclesiastes, we have some sprinklings of wisdom like we saw we also have some hard truths that maybe we feel the same way sometimes if we admit it. And man, when you read Ecclesiastes in some way, you may say, well, this is kind of a downing book. But I encourage you to read it, by the way, if you've never read it. It's a, it's a good book and it's unique. It, it kind of gives you an ex, an, a different perspective. And in some sense, it gives you some freedom. And maybe you read it and, and breathe a sigh of relief and say, whew, I'm not the only one that feels this way. It's okay for me to be honest about what I'm going through and how life's treat me and how I feel. Like, like I'm not the only one in the world that has, has felt this way that at least one more person has. And if we're honest, we probably all have. And if we're honest, some days we, we kind of keep these things back. But I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily wrong for us to acknowledge some of these things in our life and, and, and kind of be honest. Maybe sometimes we need to do that with a brother and sister in Christ. We don't always have to be you know, rainbows and unicorns and smiles. Maybe some days you call a brother or sister and you say, I need to talk, and you just lay it out there for them and say, my life's not any good, I hate it, I don't feel like going on, I don't know what else to do. And that's what Ecclesiastes talks about. Now, praise the Lord, we don't have just the book of Ecclesiastes. We have other books that, that help us to get through those days when we do feel like that with the Word of God. But toward the end of Ecclesiastes, there is a conclusion and there is a good conclusion. There is a, there is a part of importance, a thing that really matters that the author wants to get across to us. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, it says, Rejoice, young man, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth. Youth is a wonderful thing. And you don't realize how wonderful youth is until you are not a youth anymore. When you are a youth, you can do anything. And you don't get too tired, and you don't get too hot, and you don't, you, I mean, you don't pull muscles, you don't have cramps. Like, when you're young, you can run and play. You don't have to stretch, and you don't have to do anything. When you're close to 40, and you get out and run and play, guess what? If you don't stretch forehand, you better look out, because you're fisting to feel it the next day. Get out and do yard work, and sometimes you do the littlest thing. You don't have to do anything. We saw a guy, it's been a couple of years ago, I think his ankle was wrapped or something, he was kind of limping. We said, man, what'd you do? 
He said, all right, I just kind of jumped over a, a puddle. I just kind of stepped over a puddle. That's all he did. He stepped over a puddle and twisted his ankle. And that, that's what happens as we get older. You don't have to do nothing for something to happen. And the writer of Ecclesiastes realizes it. And so he gives this wise word for those of you who are young, which is all of you. You're all young. And he says this. He says, rejoice, young man, while you are young. Let your heart be glad in the days of your youth. Remember that, young folks. Know that the things you do today, you won't be able to do as good in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 80 years, 90 years. And so rejoice. And then he goes on to say, And walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. All right. So throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, in the midst of all life is a bummer and I hate life, there's also some positives too. That the, that the writer acknowledges. And so what I've learned is that I need to enjoy life, that God has given me things to enjoy. And I'm summing up, but we see verses like that throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, that, that God does give us some things in this miserable life, to quote the author of Ecclesiastes. God does give us some things to, to get us through, right? And praise the Lord for that, that we have those, those things of enjoyment. And sometimes they're just really simple things like sitting on the porch and drinking a cup of coffee or gathering around with the family on the grill and having a, having a cookout, grilling some burgers and hot dogs and sitting back and watching the youth play and saying, I remember when I was that age and I used to could do that and now I can do is sit up here and drink a cup of coffee. And those are, those are good days. They're good for the youth that play and they're good for us older that sit back and, and think about the good old days. And so I think that what he's saying here is, all right, live life and, 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 and enjoy life to some extent, but remember one thing. He gives us something to remember there at the end of verse 9. He says, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. And that's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty strong thing to consider right there that we live life and we make decisions and we do things and God gives us things to enjoy and things to do and lots of decisions to make and we want to enjoy work in the middle, or excuse me, enjoy life in the middle of our work and all of those things. But in everything we do, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, but remember, you will stand before God in judgment one day for all that you do. Now, this is, this is a very sobering thing to consider and think about, but one that we need to consider and think about. Even for the Christian, we need to realize that the things we do, we're going to stand before God one day. And so we want to do good things. We want to make the most of our time. We want to work hard when it's time to work hard. We also want to uh, enjoy life and rest a little bit when it's time to rest. And so it's a fine line that... that, 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 that we, we do as God calls us to do, that we don't fall into the trap of being lazy or that we don't just work too much and hate life and don't have any enjoyment. There has to be a little bit of a balance there. And so we want to live life and we want to do good things and we want to follow God, but we got to remember that all we do, one day we're going to stand before the Lord. So even as a young man, remember the days of your youth, but remember that from the time that you're young to the time that you stand before God, you'll answer for what you do. Verse 10, remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh because youth and the prime of life are fleeting. I think maybe what he's saying there is life is too short to sit around and be sorrowful 
and, and, and focus on pain and all these things. Don't, don't let these things rule your life because life is short. Your days are fleeting. You don't have many days. We talked about this two or three weeks ago, kind of the same, same type of topic. Uh, our life goes by so quick. When we're young, we don't think so. When we get older and we realize just how fast that our life begins to go. And life is too short for us to sit around with the mully grubs and groaning and complaining and being sad and being depressed and just giving up and not wanting to do. I mean, there are days that we feel like that. But we cannot live in those days. We cannot stay in those days. There are days that we feel like the author of Ecclesiastes, but we've got to snap out of those things and say, okay, all right, I have some bad days, but God's given me some good. God's given me some enjoyment. Let me do good things. Let me live a good life. Let me not live my life in depression and sadness and sorrow and pain. Don't, don't let me give the foothold uh, to the devil that can, that can steal my joy. My days are short. They're too short to sit around complaining and arguing and, and holding grudges and all these things. Our life is too short. And so we need to realize that truth that we see here in Ecclesiastes. Our days are certainly fleeting. Chapter 12, verse 1. So remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of adversity come and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. Remember the Creator in the days of your youth. While you're young, seek out God, learn God's Word, hear God's Word, seek God, live by God while you are still young because there's coming a day. There's coming a day that your life will come to an end. There's coming a day that you will say, I just don't have any delight in the days. And that's inevitable for us if we live long enough. There's coming a day when we'll get to a point that we never thought we would get to. There's coming a day when adversity will come. And for some of you, that day is already here. Now, that's not to say that there's not adversity for people when they're younger. There certainly is. But there's, there's a different kind of adversity we see the author talking about here in Ecclesiastes. Now, we won't read through all the rest of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, but there's all kind of, kind of strange language that's there. And I believe that, that he's speaking of uh, using illustrations for normal things that we go through. That is, we lose our hearing and we lose our eyesight and we lose our teeth. These are all part of the days of adversity, I believe, that the author is speaking of here in Ecclesiastes. And so it is for us. When we're young, we can get up and we can do and we're strong and we're energetic and we can sleep one hour and stay up for 23 hours. And when we're older, we begin to get to the point where we cannot see as good. And we cannot hear as good. Some of you say, huh, speak up. Because you're at that point. You get to a point where your hair begins to turn gray. That is what's left of it that's not falling out. You used to brush your teeth and now you put them in a cup at night. I mean, this is part of life, right? You used to could walk on your own. Now you've got to use one of those little carts. You hate that thing. You have fought tooth and nail. And then you use the cart, and then you say, this cart has got me where I can't walk. No, you couldn't walk. That's what got you to use the cart. You say, these glasses have got me where I can't see. No, the glasses didn't make you not see. Not being able to see is what got you the glasses. These hearing aids, I can't hear nothing now because of them. Well, you got the hearing aids because you couldn't hear. And as we get older, that is a 
part of life. I heard someone say the other night that if I knew it was going to be this way, I would have done things different. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for you today, but I'm going to tell you it's going to get that way. Now you know. It is going to get that way. There's going to come a point in life that you're not going to be able to do what you used to do. You see, because age doesn't pick any favorites. Age doesn't care how wealthy you are. It doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't care what the color of your skin is. When we are born, it's like, it's like the top of an hourglass. You know an hourglass, it kind of funnels down into a small, and the sand goes down the hourglass. And at the top of the hourglass, it's a big area. At the bottom, it's a small area. And when we are all born, there's a, there's a wide variety of folks all around. Some are born with opportunity and privilege, and some are not. And some are born with wealth, and some are born poor, and some are born short, and some are born tall, and some are men, and some are women, and some are this race, and some are that race. And we're all born, and we're all from different places and maybe we have some differences in our life and some different things that we, that we enjoy as a result of what we were born into. That's just the way life goes. It's not fair, but that's the way life goes. Some are born with more than others. But as we begin to get older, all of a sudden the things maybe that used to give us a benefit or an advantage, our health, our strength, our athleticism, our money, our name, our title, our job, well, all of those things begin to funnel down through the hourglass. As we begin to get older, we all begin to funnel to one place. And by the time we all get toward the end of our life, if we live long enough, we all suffer the same problems. We can't see as good, can't hear as good, can't get around as good, can't smell as good, can't taste as good, don't have as much air. And that's what life is coming to. For all of us. And in some sense, we certainly would agree with the author of Ecclesiastes. Well, that's kind of depressing. But what we learn throughout this life as we get older, hopefully, is we learn, as Ecclesiastes states, is most of the stuff we see in this world does not matter. Most of the things we do in this world do not matter. And we talked a few weeks ago to repeat a little bit. The things that do matter are how we live for the Lord, how we raise our family, how we love others around us. And as we get older, those are the things that we realize. And we learn what matters. And we know things that we should do and things that we shouldn't do. We gain wisdom. And here's the, here's the craziest part about wisdom, right? When you're young, you don't have a lot of wisdom. And you have older people around you who try to teach you wisdom... And you don't want to listen to it. That's the worst part about when you get older. you got a lot of wisdom, and most of the time, nobody wants to hear it. And so we repeat the cycle. And we could probably all write the book of Ecclesiastes. If we wrote honestly, our book may not look so much different. We would talk about the good that God gives us, but we would also complain about the, the unfairness and the things that we don't like in this world. But at the end of it all, we probably would all come to the same conclusion that the writer of Ecclesiastes did. If we're all going to get to this place where we can't do the things we used to could do, and life has got its ups and downs, then what really matters? If we had to conclude, if we had to sum up all of life about what really matters, then what would we come up with? 
Well, the writer of Ecclesiastes comes up with this at the end of chapter 12. Verse 13, he says, When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is, Fear God and keep His commands, because this is for all of humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. So when all is said and done, knowing that life has its ebbs and flows, life has its good days and bad days, when all is said and done, that there are times in life where we will be as strong as an ox and can do what we want to do, and another time in life where our strength will begin to fade. When all is said and done, when all of our wealth is drained, when all of our strength is gone, what do we do in life? What do we remember? What does it all come down to? What matters the most? To fear God and keep His commands. And so it is. From the days of our youth and to our old age, we want to be those who fear God and keep His commands. Whether we can do the things we used to do and we want to do, or whether we can't do some of the things that we want to do. The message is the same. We want to be those who fear God and keep His commands. And in what living we do, we want to live for God. And so what do we do when we look, look out there, and, and maybe some of you are in this boat, and you, you list all the positives and negatives in your life, and, and maybe you've got a lot more negatives. Maybe you look at your life and you say, man, I used to really enjoy my job and I'm not able to work anymore. And I used to enjoy working in the yard and I can't do it anymore. And I used to enjoy this hobby and I can't do it. And, and sometimes our list of things that, that we can't do, that we want to do, that we enjoy is bigger than our list of what we can do. And we, and we begin to get depressed because we, we spend a lot of time thinking on what we wish we could do and what we used to could do. And that's a depressing place to be. But what we need to remember is that God gives us enjoyment in life, regardless of what we can do. And so I encourage you today not to focus on the things that get you down, but ask God to help you see the things that are good, the areas of enjoyment that He still gets you, that He still gives to you. And it may be something so simple, but look at the things that you enjoy, that you find satisfaction in, that bring you, that bring you peace, that bring you comfort, that bring a smile to your face. And no matter how simple or how small those things are, do those things and enjoy those things because God still desires to give you enjoyment in life. And it can be something so simple. It can be something so simple that can help you through your tough times and your stressful times. Something that you can focus on that just brings you some enjoyment. I'll give you a good example of this. This is so insignificant, but it's been, it was true in my life. Here a few months ago, I was really stressed about some stuff and going through some stuff. And I went one morning to eat breakfast at Miss Kay's, got me a good breakfast platter, and it was delicious. And I sit there and I ate my breakfast platter and I had my phone up there and I watched, watched a 15-minute YouTube video about something I liked. And in those few minutes, I was, I was happy. I was, en I was enjoying breakfast and watching a YouTube video. And you know what? Every morning now, I go to Miss Kay's and I eat a breakfast and I watch my YouTube video and that is so insignificant, but yet there's a, a time of joy and enjoyment in life. Man, some eggs over easy, a little sausage, 
and some toast you can sop up in that egg with some grits and a cup of coffee, watching your favorite YouTube person. Man, that's pretty good. Thank you, God, for that little bit of enjoyment. And so maybe the things that we can do as we get older are not very much compared to what we could do when we were younger. But maybe, just maybe, you can find some enjoyment in a good breakfast in the morning. Maybe you're sitting on your porch with a hot cup of coffee, listening to the birds, seeing the sunrise, and seeing God's creation. And maybe those are the things that we need to begin to focus on as we get older in life. Because, man, the devil wants you to stay in the past. He wants you to feel depressed and useless and not worth anything. But even in the midst of all of our depression and hating life and wishing it was over, like sometimes we do, as was the case in Ecclesiastes, we have to remember that God still has us here. And we need to find enjoyment in the days that he has given us. So whether we are young or whether we are old today, let us find enjoyment in the word of the Lord. Let us find enjoyment in the things that God calls us to and the things that God has provided us to. Let's live life a little bit. Now be careful. I say that because I believe that that's in some way what Ecclesiastes is calling us to. But beware of YOLO. Some of you are saying, who is YOLO? You only live once. You may have seen that in the text message. Somebody writes Y-O-L-O and you don't know what that means. It means you only live once. And sometimes people will say that. Go do this crazy thing. Go blow this large amount of money. You only live once. Enjoy it. Well, to some extent, Ecclesiastes tells us to enjoy life. But be careful that you don't go YOLO because YOLO will get you into foolishness. So work hard. Do good. Treat other people kindly. But take a break and enjoy life. And remember above all that one day our life will come to an end. And one day we will have to answer for the things that we do. And when all is said and done, it is not our career that matters. It is not our wealth that matters. It is not how much strength we have that matters. It is, do we fear God and keep his commands? That's what God's word calls us to in Jesus Christ. God doesn't want us to be carried away with the things of this world. He wants us to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, his one and only son who gave his life on the cross so that we could be forgiven. That is the source of true joy. We may find some temporary happiness in the things of this world, and so be it. God gives us some things to bring us joy. But the true joy and the peace that we need to get us through those days that we hate, like we see in Ecclesiastes, it comes through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. So may we fear God and follow His commands. And the greatest thing the Bible calls us to is to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And I hope today that we have all done just that let's pray father god we come to you today we thank you for books like ecclesiastes that are just brutally honest and god maybe some came into this room today feeling just like some of the verses we we see they feel depressed they feel miserable they hate life they don't know why they keep going dear lord but they keep on going because you still got them here so god let us not be overcome with our stresses and depression of this world let us not be overcome by the things that maybe we can't do anymore that we used to. But God, help us to see new ways that we can serve you. God, help us to see 
your beauty and the joy that you put before us so that we can take a few minutes a day, a few hours a week that we can find enjoyment in life, dear Lord, to know you have not abandoned us. God, you are with us just as much in our old age as you are in, in our youth. Dear Lord, maybe we don't call on you as much in our youth because we rely on our own strength. But God, we realize that as we get older, that God, you are the source of strength. So be our strength today, dear Lord. Be our strength, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, dear Lord. Be our strength that we would seek you and trust you. God, I pray that we would be those who fear you and follow your commands, God. That we live by your word. It is not always easy. God, life is hard. We have the ups. We have the downs. We have the days that we want to give up. But God, be our strength on those days. Be our strength, God, throughout all of our days, dear Lord. God, I thank you for these good words. I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for sending him to die so that we could be forgiven and bring us true joy. God, maybe there are some today that do not fear you and have not been keeping your commands. But maybe, just maybe today, they, they realize they need you. Maybe today they realize that they are those that hate life and they don't, they don't know any way out, any, any better way of life than what, the way it's going. But God, Jesus is the better way. Jesus is a place of rest. Jesus is a place of comfort. So God, I pray today that if there are some that have not put their faith in Jesus today, that they would do so. God, for all those today here that are yours, I pray that you be with them. God, because even your children have bad days. Even those who are yours, dear Lord, just don't, we don't always feel good. But I pray that you would uplift those who are down. I pray that you would you'd give them a little, little joy today. Give them a little peace today. Give them some encouragement today, dear Lord. Give them some encouragement this week. Let them, let them see your creation. Let them see the, the beautiful little things that are around them. God, let them, let them see opportunities that you want to bless them with a, with a moment of happiness. God, I just thank you for these good words, and I pray that you be with us as we get ready to leave. And if anybody has the decision to make today, God, now is an opportunity for them to respond to you. And God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.